is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. And welcome to Bootlegging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. Uh, This is your host, Colton. And this is Chris. And today we are talking about the... Whoa, what's the, what's the terminology for this? The semi the, finale, the pre <laughs> pre 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 finale, the the pre finale. I don't know. I I know there's a term for it, and I can't think of the term. But let's just call it the big fucking episode. The, the so, tease, the big tease, <laughs> the tease. <laughs> the, it's just the tip. Yeah. <laughs> So this is episode eleven. It's these uh, I would yeah semi finale the second to last episode for the season, um, but in true HBO fashion, I feel like the same with like we talked about with Game of Thrones. Um, the second to last episode to me is some of the biggest stuff. Yeah, they and always the make last it the ep- craziest. Yep. Yeah, and then the last episode's kind of the fallout from the big event. Right. There's a lot that goes on in this episode, so we're just going to dive on in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a lot to cover. Uh, <laughs> so much to cover, literally. So we're going to start with a, just a recap. The title's name Paris Green. It's I When I first saw it, I was like, that's kind of a clever name because it's kind of like, remember they, Angela and the other people had been talking about going to Paris? Right. And then Green, the Emerald City. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, exactly. Last episode. I don't know if they intentionally did that I, or not. I think they they had to have done that intentionally because I thought the same thing watching. It. It was like, wow, they're like kind of tying in all the, the previous show name themes and everything. It's pretty cool. All right, cool. So it wasn't just me. And if you heard a little squeaky sound, that was my dog chewing on a on a wine, a, a toy wine bottle. So he's, fitting in. <laughs> he's fitting in with a bootlegging. There you <laughs> go. I'm sorry. Uh, I am been a little bit sick, so if you hear me coughing, I'm really sorry about that. Um, it was uh, the episode was written by um, uh, Howard uh, 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 Howard Quarter. He's written several of the other episodes. Um, he was also the guy that wrote uh, Lakeview Terrace. Remember we talked about oh, really? that? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like episode three or something like that. Um, and then Alan Coulter. In, um, he's directed a bunch of episodes yeah. already. He was the one that I talked about. I think he directed like almost half of Boardwalk Empire. If if I remember correctly, I think that's him. Yeah. So and I think it was the same guy that did a couple of Sopranos. He's an HBO favorite, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's everything that's HBO. He's probably done it. Right. So uh, which is good because I mean, the, such a big episode is good. They brought in people that have already done previous episodes. Yeah, right. So you get a. A continuous flow I feel like yeah so we're just gonna go right in the episode opens with the magnificent Hardeen and <laughs> he's strapped five feet above above a bench or whatever. yeah <laughs> now granted he's doing something I can't do but he is so awkward in doing this. Can we agree that it's just like, like after he gets taken out of this, uh, 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 the the coat. What is it called? Straight a, jacket. Um, a straight jacket. He's just like, like flailing like a fish. He's just like ta da. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it also doesn't help that like his live music, the the band like says ta da like three times during the, 
<laughs> during his attempt at escaping. Like they planned him to escape way earlier than this, but <laughs> well, what is it? He even says it's like been like six or seven minutes yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Nucky comments. He's like, it, it only took Houdini like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, there's not a lot I got out of it other than it. The, what happens in this kind of comes back in another episode. We've got the fake haired lady and the greasy, um, her greasy boyfriend. Right. And you know, they're talking, he's, he's, un, he's uneasy, kind of nervous or whatever. Right. And we're going to find out here in a little bit, the reasoning why for that. So it just kind of, I guess this is kind of a opening scene that kind of gives a preemptive attack on another scene. If we want to put it that way. Right. So from there we're going and we're seeing Angela and Jimmy are um, having dinner. I feel like uh, there this is kind of unusual because it's he's obviously noticing that there's something up with her, right? And she's basically like, "I'm just thinking," and he knows that it's obvious. There's more to it than that because I mean he just got done, quote unquote, what he thinks, finding out that she's been sleeping with the photographer, right? Um, and beating the shit out of Vincent Price Jr. Vincent Price Jr. So, (laughs) (laughs) and he gets a phone call from his mother who's basically letting him know that his father's dying and he comes back in and he lets her know, like in the most cold way possible, like, my father's dying. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it's not even, it's just, it's something that's happening. (laughs) And that's all. Like, like, not really a lot. Like they said, this isn't. Preempt- this is another preemptive scene to like right. what's about to happen. Uh, we get to see another. I'm even going to say it, another kind of preemptive scene on this one. Um, a- Agent Mike and I. I, I want to say his name like Agent Michael Shane. Yeah. <laughs> but how this episode ends with Agent Michael? I Shane, know. I know. I feel weird saying it that way now. Like, yeah. Uh we'll get to it. Yeah. Though. Don't give it. In, so- no, no spoilers. <laughs> No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> so, H. Michael Shannon and his deputy are having uh, dinner at a Chinese restaurant, which, okay, it is weird to me they're having dinner at a Chinese restaurant. It's the 1920s. I would not think that Chinese restaurants would be that popular. Right. But no, they totally were. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Totally. I would think, well, I would think they would be. I mean, because like, I know like chop suey has been around since like the 1920s. Like, you know, chop suey is an American-made dish. Like, it was totally oh, made really? up by no. some Chinese. Yeah, it was totally made up by some Chinese immigrants. They were um, like, it was basically their leftovers. And it was in, if I remember, it was in like San Francisco or something like that. And some like drunk like um, like workers came in. It was like demanding. They make them food. So they just took like all their leftovers and cooked it together and called it chop suey. And like served it to them, and they were like, "Oh, this is amazing." Which chop suey basically roughly translates to like leftovers. Like that's nice. all it is. <laughs> well, I could be wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, right. I could be wrong on that, but I I, I know that story is at least ninety percent true. <laughs> so I, I I saw it was like on a Food Network show. Feel free I to let us know if Colton is completely wrong. I would love to read yeah, those yeah, comments. Feel free to let me know. Colton <laughs> shit at yeah. <laughs> be as brutal so, as you can be I, I would have loved that <laughs> so they're having dinner and you see how paranoid Michael Shannon is where he's even like where did you learn how to use those chopsticks like that's the biggest concern yeah. with this guy <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean I, I understand he uses it kind of as a precursor to get into his questioning because really, this whole little lunch that they're having 
is just so that Agent Michael Shannon can put this guy through questioning again about the incident yeah. with the uh, with the prisoner. So it's yeah, like it's a it's a it's a it's an interrogation essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just, that's just, I thought it was funny the way he, like, that's how he started out. Like, where'd you learn to use them? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, some rice. Like, give me a break. Yeah, dude. right. <laughs> You've become quite proficient with those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go from there to, uh, it's Hardeen is talking and they're with their, uh, the group of politicians. He's doing some tricks for them. Yeah, kind of like the comedian I, came to do the private show. He's he's coming in to do that for right. all the higher ups here. Right, their own little private um, show. Or, yeah, well, yeah, exactly how you put it. Just right, like they say. I think what was his name Eddie Eddie Cantor or there whatever. Um, I thought a little interesting thing I picked up on this the second time I watched it. Uh, he takes the bracelet off of Margaret and puts it on the fake haired lady. Right, and remember how the episode ends. With a piece of jewelry that's left over. Oh, I did not put that together. Yeah, I, did not put that I together. Huh? I didn't catch it until the second time, and we'll get into. And that it was even an emerald. Holy sh- Okay, sorry. I'm. Yeah. You oh, just blew emerald my city? mind. I didn't right even now. catch that. It's an emerald city. Oh my god. You oh. just blew my entire mind. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. We need to. Just light up some fat ones and get yeah, right. blowing. <laughs> we blowing minds in here. All right. <laughs> go to the Emerald City. <laughs> <laughs> so they're uh, performing these uh, little tricks, and we see that the um, uh, greasy man has made some bad investments in a little man named Charles Ponzi, if you've ever heard yes, of him. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That was super now, funny. <laughs> I didn't realize that Charles Ponzi was back then. Yeah, I, I was getting. I honestly was getting Charles Ponzi and what's his? Is it Bernie Madoff? Was that the yeah, guy? Yeah, Bernie that Madoff. Did, yeah, he was the one that did the Ponzi scheme in the like what like well, ten years he, ago. He right? started, yeah, he re reinvented the Ponzi scheme into the pyramid scheme. I think is what he did. Or is that what he did? I think so. I might be wrong on that, but uh, I think that's okay. what happened. But he used the same type of fraud that it's the Ponzi same did. yeah it's the exact same scheme just with a different name <laughs> so i thought bernie may i really did i was getting a lot of this mixed up at first i thought bernie madoff was charles ponzi right i right because i've heard the name ponzi scheme and i whatever reason in my head i was like oh that was in so when i first watched this i was like ponzi charles ponzi i was like oh that's full of crap i was like ponzi was like around like in the 90s and then I like looked it up, and I was like, "Oh wait, never mind. This is totally accurate." So I didn't realize Pon- that the Ponzi scheme went back that far. Like I didn't realize Charles Ponzi was that old, and I mean, was that old? I mean, he's dead now. But right, like I, I just I didn't realize it was way back then. So I I thought that was kind of cool. Like, and I think at the, to- the same time period that this was going on, that was when Ber- Bernie Madoff was happening, right? Yeah, maybe. I well, I think he was a little bit more current. Um, was he? I'm not 100% sure the time period, but... Um, that would but yeah, be really pretty... cool if he was. I don't remember exactly. Um, but anyways, it was it was kind of a neat little thing because we've all heard of Ponzi schemes. I mean, that's... Right. A, yeah, that's a pretty common thing. So I, it, I don't know. Neat little, little, like, I don't know, blast from the past, quote unquote, but also like a very relevant thing because it's still happening now. Right, so, right. 
And actually kind I of a, was... a good segue into the next scene is um, the only reason I knew that Ponzi was during this time period is because his name popped up in Google when I started researching um, our, our next, our next character to come on screen. Um, oh no, I forgot his name. <laughs> no, go ahead. You want to take over and talk Shut about it? Shut up. Right ahead. <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, Rothstein. Thank you, <laughs> Rothstein. <laughs> and yeah, Ponzi came up in the Google search when I was trying to research Rothstein, uh, like in episode one. So that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize Rossine and see I would I didn't realize that but that makes sense Rossine and Ponzi they would have been they were both in New York so that, right. they, yeah that would have been kind of a connection that huh I wouldn't have even I don't know if they have that, any that. business to you know if they had any historical business together or anything like that but like I said when when the uh, Google search pulled up all the related names Ponzi came up so I was like oh shit I didn't huh. realize that was that old <laughs> That's kind of cool I yeah I didn't realize that either so, you uh, as as you said, the next scene is showing uh, Rothstein. He's on the phone with his lawyer. Uh, we find out he is being indicted on the Black Sox scandal. Well, it's called the Black Sox scandal, right? The White Sox. Um, so, I there's not a lot in this other than he said his lawyer friend says something about unless you know somebody in Chicago that can help you, and that's going to lead, I think, to a very big thing that's going to happen in the next episode. Because we know of somebody very important in Chicago right, right now. Right. Grand Torino. Grand Torino. So. And that's the first thing that popped <laughs> in my head after I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, is he going to go to Grand Torino? And he's he's going to start some war right now or something. <laughs> well, but he wouldn't start a war, I would think, because yeah, well, that's he true. Sees, he's trying to uh, keep Torio, yeah, no, if he's going to Torio, he's not going to start a war because the last person he's going to want dead is Torio. So, right. uh, but it's definitely we're I think we're about to see a big, a big connection or a big scene with them right. together. Uh, so from there, we're going to see this is where the season, the series starts or sorry, the series. I'm so sorry. This is where the episode starts to get big right here. Right. Now this is I know I've did the spoiler yeah, back you, in episode you one. This up for me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening now, as we've said before, don't listen to episode one. <laughs> Colton spoils a big moment, okay? <laughs> so if you're starting now, <laughs> um, we see the Commodore. Um, he's sick. Which okay, so far the only character that has died in this entire. Uh, series I actually feel bad for is the dog now but <laughs> the dog's dead <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he's in like a nice casket yeah right <laughs> uh so we see the commodore the, the it shows the dog's dead he's in a casket and the commodore is like basically almost dead um he's getting woken up by his maid and that she says that you're you have your visitor here and it's Jimmy which right. is now the big kind of surprise that the Commodore is the his father's dying. The Commodore's dying. Spoiler alert: The <laughs> Commodore is his dad. Oh my god! And, oh my god! <laughs> I'll, I'll act surprised, like you didn't ruin it. <laughs> so he, Jimmy's coming in, and he's talking to him basically, like he's. I guess in a way, he's kind of like. 
giving his well wishes to a dead man, if you will. Like, I, I, yeah, um, he. I don't know I, the exact word. I Maybe guess it's just it better. it's literally paying respects, just for the fact that you're my father. I will come see you and say, "All right, cool. Have have a nice death, whatever." Because right. Jimmy like, is not like say, not even him. trying right now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And but I, understandably, but I really, you know, I, I get where he's coming from. But yeah, it's oh, it's, it's a very tense situation. Hundred percent. I mean, this entire time. Okay, so how long? Okay, from episode one to now, how much time has passed? Would you say roughly? Um, I would say close to uh, at least six or seven months. Oh, I was going to say like a, yeah, almost a year probably. So yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, I around that, that time I, period. Yeah. I could, I could put that in. I could say we're getting close to a year probably. Right. I would say at least minimum six months, right? Minimum right. has been six months. Oh, you know Max, what? And because yeah, like in the, in episode one, they had just come off the election after right. like about a month or two. So yeah, you're right. It, it's been probably about nine, eight or nine months, I guess. I would, yeah, that's, I would put it at about that. So in that time period, he hasn't seen his dad once. Right. Okay. Now I live away from my family uh, with my parents. I don't see them very often just because I live a good amount of ways away from them. I still see my parents two or three times a year. Yeah. Right. You cannot get along with your parents, I feel like, and you'll still see your parents at least, and you live in the same town, right? Because Jimmy and his dad live in the same town. Right. You cannot get along with your parents, I feel like, and you still will see them probably at least once in six months. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he's only going there because his dad's dying. So that obviously means it's that bad of a relationship, right? So I think that's a big indicator of what, what type of relationship that they are in on. But oh, yeah, it's definitely, um, and he, he makes it pretty clear. He, he is under the impression that he was completely abandoned it. I mean, his father and, and I, I think that kind of plays into right. it, the fact that they lived in the same town because, you know, going the other way also, you guys are in the same town and you didn't bother one bit to see this kid like in between however long. I mean, almost his and his 13 year old mother. Yeah. And his 13 year old. And mother, let's, like, I was going to say, we're about to get in on that. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a very terse situation uh, relationship. It's and, and it shows it absolutely shows. But now, OK. So now, now that we know who his, his father is, now let's get into some of the history that Jimmy has kind of given away throughout this uh, season. Right. When he was talking with um, uh, Lucy, the girl mm. that killed herself, was that story that he was telling her, was that a true story now? Remember, he told her the story before she offed herself about um, his mother, this nice man that came in and helped them out, you know? I absolutely think that's true. And the reason I do is because of my knowledge of things. And I, I mean, I don't know if you do you know what the Commodore title is? I know the term it's I've seen it in other things. It's basically like you're you're like captain of a vessel, right? Yes, it's well, not only that, but 
uh, Commodores are elected. I I have experience with with boating and that kind of thing because right, of right, right, previous right, right. jobs or whatever. I and so yeah, the Commodore is like the head captain who is voted oh. up by all of his boating peers. Like that's the the Commodore is a pretty highly regarded position, but it's okay absolutely linked to boating. And so when Jimmy was telling that story, now I I had prior information that <laughs> that his father right, right, was right, the right. Commodore. Um but then he started telling that story and that's why it didn't it didn't seem odd to me that that could have been a real thing. That the Commodore it, he owned a boat, obviously, or he wouldn't be Commodore. And right. maybe at some point in the past, he did care for uh, his mother and Jimmy in, in some right. facet. So, I f- yeah, I, I kind of had the feeling that maybe that story was true. I do, too. Like, I think th- and the other thing is, is when he's telling that story, it's too real. And, and then especially. Oh, yeah. He a lot has of details. Yeah. He has no emotions. I mean, he he's showing emotions about it. When he's first telling her the story, and then at the very end, when she says, "Well, how did they do?" and he goes, "Yeah, they lived happily ever after." Yeah, you know, and he yeah. and he kind of like wipes his eye a little bit, like he's like, "No, he's like, my dad fucked me over," right? You know, so I feel like the he the Commodore's been evolved in his life somewhat. Right now, obviously, is it a good thing? No, it's not a good thing because in this one scene, we basically find out that. Um, he met his mom at a pageant or a parade or something like that while she was 13 and he knows it and he doesn't regret it because he even says, if you were in my own shoes, bro, you can't (laughs) go and be saying that to everybody, especially your own son. So 13 year old. And then you're basically also telling him like that, um, what is it at one? I don't remember if it's in this scene or it's in the next one, but we can go ahead and kind of talk about it a little bit that the person that came and helped y'all hook up is your idol. You know, right. Nucky is your, Nucky's your idol. And he's the one that brought me this 13 year old girl yeah. that, you know, so I can't, I can completely see where Jimmy has no sympathy for him at all at this right. point, you know, right. especially where he is now in life. And he even kind of says it when he says something like um, the Commodore like says something about you know with his dog that he you know was throwing up and stuff, and he says like something like like it's a fucking dog, yeah. And he's like, well, aren't yeah. you just a cold stone little bastard? And he's like, I really like what he says right there. He says that's what time and circumstances have turned me into, right? Like he doesn't say just time. He intentionally says circumstances because. If he had just been born, quote unquote, a bastard child, I don't think he would be as hard as he is. Right. I think that he's the reason he is who he is is because he knew that his mom was 13. Right. Right. Like he he, that's not a big disclosure. He's the one that disclosed that. So I think that the circumstances that have thrown him into who he is is who's made him that person. And it's more than just time. It's the full situation of everything. Just a really big like a really big scene. I just I can't talk about it enough really um we go and we're seeing that he takes a bite of a of some food right and he starts feeling sick and runs to the bathroom and throws up now when you first watched this episode did you know why he was throwing up no and uh, reason being is because um right before he leaves the room the commodore tells him i i need to tell you this the wrong man is running this city 
So when he says that, I'm thinking Jimmy is like just having this huge realization breakdown, like, oh, my God, maybe my father wasn't terrible. Maybe Nucky's terrible. What should I think? Yeah. So I'm thinking Jimmy's having a breakdown and he's throwing up from stress from everything nerves. that's happening. And yeah, nerves. Um, That's what I thought at first. And Same yeah. here. No, like I said, I, watching it, I know a little bit like the more I watch it, I'm like, okay, I know this happens. I know this happens. I know this happens. Even watching it, though, yeah, that's how I was when he throws up. I was like, oh, shit, like this is kind of getting to him. Like right. this is like the big thing that's getting to him. I didn't think it was because of anything else other than just what, like, like I said, just what she said. And so he runs and he throws up, which is honestly, randomly enough, um, this is off the like the, the show thing. That throw up scene is really cool, right? <laughs> like, I was really impressed how they made that. I was like, oh, I didn't know he had stuff in his mouth. Like, as an actual, like, watching production value, I was like, that's actually a really good scene. Yeah, right. Like, I, would, I did not see him about to throw up. I was like, oh, he went into the bathroom. Yeah, me put neither. some water in his face and relax. Just randomly, just the, the movie nerd in me, very good production on that, I thought. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, good. <laughs> <clears throat> so from there we go and we see, um, well, from Jimmy and his dad, we get to see Jimmy's wife, baby mama, however you want to put it. And right. she's meeting with the girl and, well, I say girl, her lover. And um, they're at the photo booth store. The, well, it's not a photo booth. Sorry. It's the photo store, the the um, uh, photographer, the photographer store, go, yeah. the studio. Studio. And they're talking about... Um, as, as they've been talking about for five fucking episodes, <laughs> <laughs> running off the Paris, <laughs> we're gonna be in Paris and we'll be in love. So we're gonna uh, go live in the perfect world in Paris. <laughs> so they're sitting there talking, and um, she says, "You know, pack your bags and we'll leave." I think I think she says tonight or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they do say tonight. And, okay. I couldn't remember if she says tonight or not. Um, so then um, her husband, Vincent Price Jr., comes in. And he's all fucked up. <laughs> and uh, they help him sit down, and Angela leaves. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting, though. So they Angela leaves, and Vincent Price Jr. says something along the lines of, you know, what were y'all – I think he says – what was it? What were y'all whispering about? Um, I heard y'all's – like – I'm trying to think of the exact wording he uses. It, it was, um, uh, what were you two conspiring about? And That's it. Cons- and she says, uh, oh, d- just girl talk. He's like, I, what does he say? Something like, I don't believe you. I heard hush. Or she asked him, what are you talking about? And he said, I heard, I heard hush tones. And she hush says, tones. That's it. It's just girl talk. And he says, you guys like to play your games, don't you? No, 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 no. He says, you like to play your games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then she says, you too. And then he speaks to her in French. He says, you're a wicked little one, aren't you? Yep. Something like that. I don't remember the exact wording. So now my question is on that. Wh- what did you get out of that? Because when they're talking I, French, I, so they know French. Yeah. Uh, I, I first, I, I was thinking when he said that, her reaction to that phrase. Um, my first instinct was that she felt remorse when 
he started talking to her because they're talking about oh. games and, you know, playing all these wicked games, whatever. And so okay. I thought she felt some revo- some remorse and okay. she walks over and kisses him on the forehead or whatever. Right. And that's kind of where we leave the scene. But I don't know. It's through the acting. I got a little bit of, of remorse from her. Um, definitely didn't get what happens out of it. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's good. Well, we'll get into much, that. But and then we'll get into it in a little bit. Yeah, we'll because we'll, this obviously this scene comes back around here in a little right. while. Okay. No, I was just curious because their little that little short thirty second conversation, especially with the second time I watched it, I'm like, man, there's there's more to it than I first thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So from there we go and we see that uh, Nucky's with. Um, He's talking to the agent. I'm sorry. He's talking to the agent. We find out that Nucky's essentially the person that's bought off uh, the quote-unquote imbecile agent, right? Right. The deputy for Agent Michael Shannon. Right. And he's giving him – and he's – the agent's letting Nucky know, like, no, he he knows something. Uh, I need to to make this right. And Nucky pretty much is giving him – the uh, location of some bootleggers to kind of get him off his trail, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Throw the scent somewhere else. Right. And so it, he, Nucky gives him that. Now when Nucky says, don't talk to me again, that kind of weirded me out. Right. Cause it's not like a, Hey, only call me back. If something else comes up, like he's like, don't talk to me again, which makes me like, well, why would you not want him to talk to him again? Because you could potentially, this is a good person you could potentially use later, right? So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of strange. Now that you say that, I have some weird thoughts going through my head, but let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just, a, it was strange. It was just kind of a strange. No, it's. It, I, I didn't think about it when I first saw it. I didn't think about it that way. But now that you said that, I'm like. Starting okay. <laughs> gears are starting to turn a bit. So <laughs> I don't know. It was just it was a strange thing to me. But well, anyway. So he says that they go off the phone, and we get to see Annabelle comes in, a fake hair lady, and right. She I like how she comes in, and she's like this mother or this son of a bitch or something like that. Yeah. And Nucky's like, no, 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 you will not come in. <laughs> he was like, I will talk to you, but you will not yell and you will not curse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he he says you will not yell, you will not cry, and you will not throw anything. <laughs> it's like holy shit. So, I guess he knows how to handle this crazy bitch. <laughs> I was gonna say, or he knows what she, what's her normal mo? Because obviously, we find out he's known her before in more than one right. way. So, right, uh, <laughs> we know how he knows how she normally acts. She's coming in, she's freaking out, you know, that he has no money, she has nothing. She even, like, says the exact amount, like, <laughs> I had $3,582 or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I was stealing this much money, and he even says, like, so you want me to arrest him for stealing money that you first stole from him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he can go and invest it in another Ponzi scheme, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So we get to see that uh, Nucky gives her um, a couple bills, and right, he she kind of makes a proposition to him. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which was kind of strange. Really quickly. (laughs) Right. Well, I was more weirded out that I could see her doing that. Right. Because that's what she is. She's a quote unquote. She's a concubine. Right. That's what she does. That's her livelihood. Right. But the fact that Nucky was like, I'll keep that in mind and kind of rubs her chin. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep it in my pocket, which I guess is the the term for spank bank back in the day. I don't know (laughs) what the fuck that means, but. (laughs) I didn't think about that. That that was a little weird to me. I was like, is that what they used to fucking call spank bangs back in the day? (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Just keep that right here in my pocket. (laughs) I'm going to start using that term now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. It was just weird because Nucky's never once, not only has he not shown any interest in her, he's kind right. of in a way shown more like, I don't really like her. Like, yeah, he's kind of been degraded. But then again, maybe he just views her like, no, nope, it's property. Like, that's like kind of how he honestly views her. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It was kind of strange seeing that. Uh, and we see that, uh, while he's doing this, uh, Margaret is standing there. Which, how did Margaret? Uh, how did Margaret get in there without Eddie like getting in the way? Yeah, right. <laughs> like Eddie's literally got one job. No, sorry, <laughs> Eddie's got two jobs: to make really funny puns and and or <laughs> funny remarks, and two to stop people from busting in on Nucky. So, yeah, exactly. He didn't do either <laughs> one right here. So I'm just saying. Eddie let us down, but yeah, right. <laughs> so Margaret's in there and she sees what's going on, and obviously she's feeling used or whatever you want to. Yeah, yeah. Put the term on it, uh, and she tells she's apparently there to tell him like, oh well, well, well. I don't think she's there to tell him about her, but she even mentions that she gave her like fifty bucks or something like that. Yeah, and that's why I, I got the feeling that maybe they came together. And that maybe Margaret was just waiting in the lobby or something uh, oh. until it took too long. I, th- that's the impression that I got. I don't know if that's what happened or not, but it just seemed to me like, well, they came together and she was just taking too long to get whatever the hell she wanted out of Nucky. And Margaret came in because Margaret kind of has, you know, claim to bursting in on Nucky at this point, I feel like. Okay. <laughs> She and so she walks in, and this is all going on. It, it was a, it was a super cringy moment for me when I, I was think watching. About it I was that like, way. Ah, oh, fuck no! Why? Why the fuck are you bursting in right now? Like, yeah, you're close, but you just you don't bust in on a meeting. <laughs> it's a just, meeting. That's what this is. A meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spank bank um, meeting. That's what we're going to start calling. All yeah, of exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, the, the whole scene to me was, was very strange and super cringy uh, just because the situation and the fact that uh, as a viewer, I feel like the show has been making you want for Nucky and Margaret to be together. Right. Like y- you want that to happen. And this is just a fucking kink. In the, in the machine work. This is a major you don't know. Yeah, and, you, and you're not sure how things are going to play out. It, it kind of goes along with what I've been saying for the past couple episodes, that, like, 
where is Margaret's breaking point here? Like, is this it? Is this where she finally is like, no, I'm, I'm fucking done with this. Right. But you know, and I, I don't know. It, it, it was very strange for me. <laughs> well, we'll go into it a little more, obviously later. Um, but I think that this is the moment where she's kind of feeling like, Oh shit, I'm being used. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. this is obviously it where she's kind of feeling that way that she and fake haired bimbo over here, are one in the same. They're the same person at Cra- this point. Crazy wig lady. Crazy wig lady. That's, the name. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Crazy wig lady. Um, I think she's kind of feeling at this point like, oh, we're one in the same, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Which obviously she doesn't is, like. Is that. this what I am to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I took that. Is that that's kind of what she's basically feeling at that point. So from there we go and we see uh, Jimmy meets with Jillian. And they're, uh, they're, they're talking about the Commodore. Now, something I thought was interesting, just really quick on this scene, he mentions, and I don't know if this is a, I, I tried to do the research on it a little bit. I couldn't find a lot. So I don't know if it's a mistake on the writers, like the research department or what. Um, but Jimmy, if you hear what he says, he's like, she's like, says like, well, how did he look? He goes, well, he looked like death. And he says he smelled like garlic. Right. Right. And so I looked up like, well, why would your body smell like garlic? And I looked up like reasonings for it, you know, like um, you can be sick certain ways. And then I typed in garlic arsenic because we know kind of right. we'll find out here in a little bit. Arsenic plays you Dude, know, a factor in this. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> now, what is it that smells like almonds? Is That's not arsenic, is it? Almonds is natural gas? No, I should probably know this. No, that's uh, um, monoxide. Is that what it is? I'm not is sure. Is it arsenic? It's supposed to smell like sour almonds. It's not strychnine, is it? I have no idea. Anyways, we'll get the uh, bootlegging group to look that up really quick. Uh, but no, so he mentions he smells like garlic. And so I looked it up and I typed in arsenic garlic. And it turns out there is this substance called arsenic, or I could be saying that art. I'm probably saying this wrong. It, it, it's like feel free to correct Colton in the comments. Yeah, yes, correct me a hundred percent. It's like arson. It's like arsenic, but it's not spelled the way arsenic is. Um, but it's a natural gas form of arsenic. Huh. And it apparently has a garlic smell. So that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't Good know if they know. were intentionally tying that in together. Like, hey, let's try to come up with this. I, I don't know. I feel like the research on this show is really good. And they wouldn't just make that little right, mistake. Now, right. I, but at the same time, I don't know exactly what uh, the poison was made from. Maybe poison back then was made from that substance, but they called it arsenic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really That's don't true. know exactly. Uh, but it's just something I kind of randomly came across. By the way, the research department just got back to me. It's cyanide. Oh, good. That smells cyanide. like cyanide. That's it. Thanks, research department. I'm glad <laughs> we're paying y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Jimmy's talking with his mom and basically saying like you know um you know how much do you think he's worth and she's like well he didn't have to need for much you know and we come to find out that um she's got a nice little photo of 13 year old Jillian at the May Day parade right. with 
uh, was it King Neptune? Yeah. And yeah, she was one Aqua- of uh, King Neptune's <laughs> concubines or whatever. Yeah. Aquaman didn't come to rescue her this time, so. <laughs> Damn you, Jason Momoa. You're so good looking. Why couldn't you save her? <laughs> so, they have their little talk about um, what basically was happening. Jillian, I don't know if it's, what's the terminology for it? Uh, where you, you have the sympathy for your captor. Oh, um. It? Oh, well, damn. I would have remembered had you not said anything. I know. I'm completely <laughs> messing this up. And me, of all people, being in criminal justice, I should know. Way to go. <laughs> I know, right? It's and, um, something syndrome. It's not Florence Nightingale. That's when you're the nurse. Nine- yeah, that's loving. when you're the nurse. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'll ask the, uh, the research department again. The research department. I'll uh, fill in while they're researching that real quick. <laughs> Uh, but she's basically like, I feel like she, she doesn't have any hate towards him. She's c- kind of like, well, he was there for us. He helped us out. What is it? And Jimmy's like not having it. Jimmy's like, you were 13 and she doesn't really seem to care because yeah. she's suffering from what condition? Stockholm syndrome. Thank you. There we department. go. Man, you are so smart. Thank you so much. <laughs> Can we get a can we get a plug from Google? I think they'll pay us. <laughs> it was the research department, not Google. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, I don't I don't know what else you had out of this scene other than Yeah, I, no. I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's it it seemed very odd to me that she was so okay with the situation that she was put in when she was a little girl basically. I mean, it just Yeah. That's a whole lot to deal with, lady. Like, and you're fine with this? I, it's it's right. very confusing to me. Well, and it's at this point we also find out that Nucky was the one that came and got her. And so Jimmy's right. learning this, you know, that his, I mean, essentially his mom was pimped out by his. His hero. Uh, his, <laughs> his, hero. his mentor. I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah, His mom was a whore, a 13-year-old whore, which that feels really wrong to say that. Right. So, but that's how he's, like, viewing it in a way is my mom was a 13-year-old whore who was pimped out by my idol, my hero, to my father, who would have, I mean, what, he was 50 probably at that time? Yeah, 54. Right? Okay, 54. So, and then at that time, though, the Commodore would have been, like, God to them. Right? right. He was like the person that would did. I mean, he even talks about it in a really good speech, by the way. Really love that speech that he gives where he talks about, you know, when he came to Atlantic City, it was a swamp yeah. with dust blowing through the shitty uh, uh, boarding houses. Yeah. You I know, drained so, it. He was he was basically yeah. Trump. He drained the swamp. He was Trump. He was the Trump of the 1920s. <laughs> so big daddy Trump right there. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, by the way, though, to be fair, I actually looked up who the Commodore is based on and I really should re- actually wrote his name down. I completely didn't. But um, that guy is actually a real uh, there's a real person really came to Atlantic City, opened a hotel in Atlantic City with a shitty ass little town. And made it into this, like, the place that it became. And then was arrested for election fraud, but only served six months. Yeah, but only served six months in jail versus the five years that he's talking about, right? 
Uh, but Sir Six Months, when he came out, his predecessor, Nucky Johnson. What? Take- well, I mean, obviously then. <laughs> right, had taken over to this day. There's literally only one memorial in all of Atlantic City towards him, and that is one little street named after him, and that's Damn. it. Damn. Yeah, it's history up, forgot Nucky. the, the history forgot the fuck out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not like I can say much. I don't have a street named after me, but you know what I do have? I have the Bootlegging Boardwalk Empire podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Which you can find us on G- no, Literally just- <laughs> one person will be listening to this in five years. <laughs> and it's just I will me be remembered. <laughs> it's just me listening on repeat, remembering. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we go from there. So, that's, I mean, that, but that's how that scene, that's how that scene is. Right. Is, is, yeah, it's. Jimmy Again, it kind of cements work. in their relationship. It's just Jimmy is not a fan of his own father because of everything that has happened throughout his life. Yeah. So, from there, we're going to see uh, Agent Michael Shannon and the deputy. They're going to find the still that the deputy, quote unquote, has knowledge about, and right. they come across a. Um, I, I have it down as a baptism party. I don't really know how else to call it. Uh, we did have. I was I, like I said, I was raised Southern Baptist, which. This is this is a Southern Baptist kind of thing, right here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we would have these. Now, I we didn't go into the, like the creeks and do this, uh, but we would go to the lake. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the creek, okay? It was the lake. <laughs> we were high class Southern Baptists. Right? <laughs> so uh, this is a this is a Southern Baptist thing. Um, but they go and um, they're having a baptism. I call it a baptism party. Uh, we would just call it, That's really what it was. It was a mass baptism. It was, you right. know, let's show our love to God. And uh, baptism in the in, in, in Southern Baptist, uh, baptism is a very big thing. I mean, I know it is in Catholicism as well. Thus but the in, name uh, Baptist. It's in Baptist, <laughs> right. You know, right. <laughs> You know, we got our name after John the Baptist. Yeah, um, it's but a it was. It, it's a big deal in Catholic religion, too. I mean, right. when we have a baptism, it's a big party. It's a big service. It's, yeah, it's it's a big deal. It's, just, it's, it's different. It's a different, from what I understand with Catholicism, y'all have the, it's, you know, it's the baby's born. Yeah, the baptism, right? It's a big event. Whereas for Baptists, it's, we believed that, I say believed because I'm not, I'm not Southern Baptist anymore. But uh, they believed that uh, it's you can't be baptized. You have to choose it on your own will. And so right. when you choose to become baptized, baptize, uh, it's a huge deal. It's you're finally accepting God into you, which makes a little bit of sense when you look at it with this, like what's happening within this scene, right? Right. So, so basically across- what you're saying is that with Catholics, we have a ceremony Whereas with Baptists, it's, you know, hillbilly central and you go out to the lake and get dunked in the water. That's fine. It's understandable. The creek. The The creek. (laughs) Get it right, asshole. But we get I'm I'm kidding, by the way. I I love all you guys that are Baptist out there. (laughs) But we get dunked. Y'all just have the little spritzer of water on you, okay? So uh, yeah, it is. It is just a little <laughs> spritz <laughs> because the babies cry. You can't be having that in church. 
<laughs> Weak Catholics crying in <laughs> <from> the water. <laughs> so they come across this party, and this is definitely showing. I'm trying to think how to word this. This isn't showing that Michael Shannon, it's his religion. Because like I said, I don't know exactly what his religion is. He is definitely like watching this. I don't know if it's a reawakening in his religion. That's how I felt it. Yeah. Because he's taking, he's the way he's talking with the minister, you know, about how he's like, um, he's, he's lost his faith or something or or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact words that he uses. It's kind of a reaffirming that he's on the path of God, right? Right. That God gave him this and he's on the path of God and he will, you know, fulfill his destiny. I felt like he was um, trying to convince himself that what he is doing is forgivable and that he's still on. Because, I mean, you know, the pastor tells him everyone who holds God in their heart gets saved in the end. And I feel like Michael Shannon takes that as, yes, I have sinned. Yes, I probably will sin in the future, but I have God in my heart. So I have a free pass. I am, I am good to go because I believe. And he kind of makes that clear when he talks to his partner there and starts asking him questions about, you know, what do you believe? What do you feel like you are pure or whatever? No, 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 no. He doesn't say, what do you believe? No, no, no. Remember, he says, you don't believe your people. You don't yeah. believe in heaven. <laughs> yeah. He says, you don't believe in heaven. If you don't believe in heaven, how do you have any concept of hell? Exactly. That's some scary shit. Yeah. He Can you puts imagine- himself above everyone else because he knows what's up. He knows what's going That's on. That's what I'm saying, dude. Can you imagine if... I came over to your house and you heard me saying that to your son. You would beat my ass. I, I right? would be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's some scary stuff that you're yeah. saying. Right? Like, that's some really scary things. I wish I could remember that guy's name. Um, and I, if I didn't think about it off the top of my head right now, I, I, and I should have wrote something down about it, but I didn't. But that, that's some, like, Westboro Baptist Seriously. Stuff. I just can't. Uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but that's them. That is Westboro Baptist type things. It's that we have sin, but now we've accepted God, and we know we're above you, and you are below us because you don't believe it. That that yeah, that's all that I got out of that. It's like Phelps or something like that. I I don't remember his name. Fred um, Phelps. You were right. Fred Phelps. Yeah. R I H on him. So you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So we go. From there, because I, I we'll come back to that. I don't. We went into that a little bit more than I wanted to. But yeah, it's we're gonna come back. But that's a very big scene. That's a very oh, yeah. big scene. I'm not mad about taking in too much on that one because we're gonna come back on that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, we go from there. We go to uh the the Commodore is with uh Jillian. Uh, she's uh feeding him, and. The doctor is there basically like, I need to do a hair sample. He's like freaking out about the hair sample, you know, that um, he's trying to kill him. Uh, but I, I can't remember what he thinks it is. He says, oh, I need to take a hair sample. I don't know if he says jaundice. I can't remember what it is. He, he says does. He says, point. well, he's pretty jaundice, but I think that was, um, 
I felt like he was referring to the jaundice as a symptom of what was happening. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He says that all of his organs are breaking down. Like everything is breaking down. This dude is on his deathbed. But let me take a hair sample just for posterity, basically, is what he's doing it for. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I couldn't remember exactly what it was that he was saying. Okay. So um, Jimmy comes in and basically calms him down so they, they can take the hair sample. And yeah, the, which was the weird calm- that he freaked out when he was trying to get the hair sample, but I didn't look up any symptoms of anything. I just figured it was part of the he was so out of it because he was dying and that he freaked out. Right. See, and to me, that would be more like lead poisoning. Because yeah, like, right. poisoning causes you to have hallucinations. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't, I don't, but to be fair, I don't know the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. So, I mean. Why not, Dr. It, Colton? Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> criminal justice degree. So. You suck at criminal justice <laughs> and your doctor degree. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Jimmy helps him calm down and even says, oh, you're a good boy, which is a big deal to Jimmy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, a dead man tells no lies, essentially, type thing. Exactly. That, that this is the first time, I guess, his dad is his quote unquote dad. I mean, yes, it's his biological dad, but I'm using quotations on this because he hasn't really been a father to him. Right. But this is the first time his father's shown him, like, some love, I guess. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And so uh, they basically take that and. Um, we see that uh, Jimmy helps that out. And I mean, that's really all I have out of that little part of the scene. Because yeah. we'll come back to that in here in a little bit. Uh, Margaret and Nucky are getting ready for a party. So this is kind of one of the big scenes of this Oof, episode. Real big. Yes, yeah. really big. So I've got about nine pages of notes on this. So let's <laughs> just go ahead and get started. Margaret and Nucky, they're getting ready for a party, and it's for the suffrage movement. And Nucky is pretty much telling her, like, I mean, she's already, she's being a little crass with him, if you will. Right. And he's basically like, look, what you saw, it was nothing. It was innocent. Which, first off, if you're having to say it's innocent, it's not innocent. It was not innocent. Right. <laughs> so, he's saying it was innocent, and... She's basically like, no, no, it wasn't. Now, right. How it starts is, I feel that that Margaret is sick of who she's become, because let's take Margaret from right now. Not only physically, right? She's dressing different, right? She's living different, and then what does she even say when? Tell me this. Tell me this. Okay, so we're on episode 11. When was the last time you heard Margaret say fuck? I can't remember her ever saying that. Right. And she says, she oh, said did bitch. You, did you, she has said bitch. But when <laughs> she says fuck and she says, oh, y'all used to fuck or something along those lines. I don't. Or, or, it was very jarring. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, whoa. That was weird, <laughs> right? That was weird to hear that. Yeah. So she has turned from that into this. Now, I'm not saying that her saying that is a bad thing because she's pissed, right? She's pissed about right. what she's saying, but it's showing the type of person that she has become. Okay. Right. Nucky obviously doesn't like it either. Nucky's like, that's very, what does he say? That's very unbecoming of you. 
that's not what you should be saying right now. Okay. <laughs> but he's sitting there and he's saying that you have him and he comes in and she's basically telling him that she doesn't like, she's blaming Nucky for who she's become, but right. she's also mad at herself, right? She's mad at herself because she's making herself become this way. She had yeah. choice. She's turned away from everything that she had strong convictions about. And it, yeah, maybe internally she was having a debate as to why that is. But Nucky points out clearly that you've been getting all this stuff and you haven't said anything so far. What's the line? Like, you remember the line he says that I love? What's that? A good person wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which also lets you know, Nucky knows he's not a good person. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I love about that line. That's a self, in a way, a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Because he's like he's basically saying, I'm not a good person and I'm yeah. here. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here and you are too. So what do you want to do here? <laughs> And so they're fighting about that. So then we also get to see that he runs into the bathroom. He pulls out her yep. uh, vaginal Lysol. cleanse, Lysol. Yeah. And basically is like, well, what is this? And she's yep. like, well, I don't want to have any other kids. And then it's the big kind of break where he's, oh, I'm trying to think how to word this. It's the big kind of revelation that he doesn't admit to it, but she says it and he doesn't deny it. Where she basically she she doesn't basically she tells him you you killed my husband, right? He doesn't deny it, but here's the thing: I don't think she shows any remorse. Yeah, no, she. I, I feel like she brought it up because they're in a in a fight right now, but she doesn't. Yeah, like you said, she has no remorse. She doesn't seem totally sad that her horrible husband that beat her. Every other day is dead now. Murdered her unborn child. Right, right. So yeah, it's it's definitely a. He brings it up in the fight, and she tries to play off that uh, to win the fight, but it doesn't work. Like, I'm sorry, but it, in your true nature, you are not sad that this guy is gone. No, no, and that's what, and it's like I think it's a big. Uh, awakening for her because it's kind of like he's telling her he his blood isn't necessarily on her hands right but her hand her hands are not clean yeah like yep. if you really cared you could go and say something but you didn't because here's the thing she even mentions how she's talked to agent you know uh I, it's so bad agent i can't Michael think Shane. of his name <laughs> <laughs> it's agent nelson it's a van van what is it I honestly uh, can't think of his name. Nelson Van Alden. <laughs> Nelson Van Alden. <laughs> <laughs> just just so, stick with it. <laughs> um, so she talks to Agent. She even mentions how she talks to Agent Michael Shannon. <laughs> I was going to say, just stick to Michael Shannon. It's fine. <laughs> but she could have told him, hey, I think that this guy killed my husband. Because Michael Shannon knows about it. Yeah. Because he even says... He, he approached her. Him. Yeah. Right. She didn't do it. Right? So right. her hands aren't clean in this matter either. Right. 
th- he throws the bottle of Lysol, you know, because he's pissed, right? Right. And well, and, it, and it's not only that. But he even says some remarks where I was like, "Oh, bro, like this is you can tell it's nineteen twenty I was like, "What is it?" He even says like, "Um, you don't want to have my child," and she's like, "I don't want to have anybody's child." Yeah. And he's like, "That's not your right to choose." Yeah, that uh, was. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold on a minute, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I decide that. Like, what? You don't, you don't no. really, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on a minute. <laughs> like, that, that got me. I was like, oh, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, right me there. too. <laughs> so, uh,. <laughs> He's all Nucky's pissed, right? He's obviously pissed. He's done. Right. And well, with that, this like conversation. And so he leaves and I mean, we're left to where, you know, it's just she's there. But like I said, we're kind of starting to see her true colors is how I I put it. Down right. In notes, at least we go and we see from there to uh, Jimmy and. He has a guest um, at, at he's over at the Commodore's house and a guest comes to visit and we find out it's uh, Richard. My favorite now. Right. I fucking <laughs> love this guy. <laughs> well, th- it, you take over this scene. Go ahead. Well, no, it's no, a, for real. For, it's a good scene. It's a very good scene. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard Harrow comes by and uh, visits uh, Jimmy while he's tending for his dad and you know, the whole reason he's even there is because his mother asked him to be there. Right. Um, so he's there taking care of his dying dad, who he, up to this point, hates. Richard Harrow shows up and asks him, like, what, what are you even doing here? <laughs> like, That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, it's duty to your mother. And, like, even Richard Harrow understands the situation yeah. Almost better than Jimmy about why he's there. Like yeah. it's it's you're doing a duty to your mother and he Jimmy kind of accepts that. Yeah, that's that's why I'm here. And so uh they start talking about um what's going to happen now with the current situation with the business, which is the first time we've really talked about it this episode. You know, there's still this business with Nucky's empire and the war that's being waged on him. By the, help me out here, the Italian brothers. Uh, Delacino. Uh, the Delacino brothers? Delacino? Delacio. Delacio brothers. I think it's and, a, um, I know what, I'm sorry. Delac, I am so sorry. I'm probably getting this, uh, the Delazio. I think it's the Delazio brothers. Colosimo. No, he's the one. I'm that kidding. Got I'm kidding. I know Colosimo's a different uh, character. He's the one that got shot in the back of the head. Yeah. Spoil, spoil alert to episode one. But uh, the I think it's the uh, the the lot. I think it's Delazio. Okay, and so yeah, I mean, obviously, this is still a threat to their production company here. Um, these guys decided to declare war on Nucky. Um, and it still has to be taken care of. And so Richard right. Harrow suggests that um, they need to find all of these guys and even their family and extinguish everybody. Like, this is how you deal with the situation. I would go after, I'd go after the mother. I'd go after their little brothers. Like, he, he says, like, go fuck everyone right now. 
Because <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear the wording he used on it? So no, remember, not. Remember what Richard is, right? What is Richard? He's a fucking army. sniper. He is a hardcore right. fucking kill people sniper. Right. No, exactly. And he says, "Kill their mama." I yeah. Kill the little brother. Yeah. And then he says, "They'll pop their heads up." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, when he says that, I was like, "That's how he's thinking," and it's not wrong. Yeah. It is not wrong at all with what he's it's saying. It's literally it's, just to get to the targets. Do whatever you have to do to get to your targets. <laughs> with most military snipers, quote unquote, with what you call a sniper, Nike, their their goal is not to necessarily take out high end targets and things like that. Sometimes, especially in World War Two and World War One, sometimes your best bet so um you've seen Saving Private Ryan, right? Yes. All right, you remember how Vin uh, Vin Diesel was in Saving Private Ryan? Yes. Remember how he wasn't killed? He was wounded. Yeah. yeah. You wound your target so other people come out to help. And exactly. then you take them out. And then you and get the good ones. Yeah. Exa- <laughs> exactly. And that is exactly what he was saying right there to do. And that shows how cold Richard is. I fucking but, love Richard. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, it's badass. Like, I don't dislike him for it. It's just like, damn, bro. Like, that's cold. (laughs) Cold. (laughs) But even, but here's the thing. Even Jimmy, when he first talks about it, taking out his little sisters, he's just like, Jimmy's like, all right. Like, if we have to, we have to. Yep. That feels weird to say. I like it, but. (laughs) I fucking um, love family murder. I love a good family murder. Going forward. (laughs) So. Uh, the doctor's coming back in and uh, the doctor uh, comes in and um, Jimmy tells Richard to leave or uh, he'll talk to him later and Jimmy talks with the doctor and the doctor tells him you know he's not dying of just any like old age or some illness he he says I think his exact wording was he's got enough arsenic in him to kill a hippo yeah so (laughs) At that point, we find out because he even says he was like, "Are you the next in kin?" And Jimmy even says he's like, "Well, I'm nothing. I'm not in the will. If that's what you're getting, at. yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so we know that Jimmy's not the one poisoning him, right? Right. It's somebody else poisoning him. And the doctors f- figured that out. The doctors figured out that there's somebody out there, and they're the ones that are poisoning him. And we're gonna find out who later on. Uh, from there we go and we get to see Angela's packing her bags um to go to Paris and she's with uh Tommy. Yeah. Tommy doesn't want to go and it's kind of like she's having a hard time. I don't know if she's having a hard time cuz she's having regrets about leaving or if she's having a hard time because of like what we were saying she deep down she does have feelings for Jimmy because Jimmy is you know, the father to her child. Right. You know, be, I mean, she leaves him a note. We see that she leaves him a note on his bed, you know, like, we'll be back or, or not. We'll be back. Um, You know, we're leaving. This is what's going on. Right. And they take off and um, we'll go ahead. Let's just go ahead and go into like one of what happens from there. And then we'll go with the other scenes after that. So they leave and they're going to the uh, photo stand, uh, right. and they see that it's abandoned. Yeah, yeah. 
and she goes inside. She sees the guys like sweeping up. And she's like asking, like, well, where is everybody? Where, where's the owners or whatever? And he's like, oh, well, they've taken off. And um, she's like, uh, well, no, it was it. She says, she says, like, well, where's the owner? And she he even says, like, the guy's name. I don't remember his name. She's like, well, what about his wife? And he's like, well, if you could call her that. Yeah. Which <laughs> makes me wonder, like, so who is the lady that? Because why would he say that? Yeah, right. Right? So she finds out that the, the place is abandoned. And she's essentially been had, if you could say that. Yeah. But, I mean, they haven't taken money from her, so I don't know that she's really been had or not. Um, I, I had the feeling that she had been had. I mean, it was, a, it was an emotional connection with somebody she thought she was going to go spend the rest of her life with in a foreign country. Like, this was a huge, huge thing. And right. she shows up to like start this new life and get honestly, <laughs> I'm going to be Frank. So here we go. Go ahead. Honestly, go ahead. fuck you. Cause you know what? You were trying <laughs> to fuck over your husband. It's not, I know he's not your husband, but he's the father of your child. You were going to take him away and go across the fucking ocean to Paris with this fucking artist lady. No, I'm sorry, but I, I felt a lot of gratitude and like closure with this whole scene that like, yeah, fuck you. You were going to leave, but you don't get to now because you got double crossed now. So eat that asshole. (laughs) But to be fair, there's a school over there for Tommy where they wear tunics. Okay. (laughs) It's basically Hogwarts, (laughs) but in real life. (laughs) And they'll have breakfast every morning. Down by the loo, okay, they have croissants, and uh, they there's no, <laughs> there is literally no such thing as arguments when it comes to bills in France. I don't know if you know that or not, but there's none of that. And a little known fact, nobody fights, period. <laughs> <laughs> and they have croissants on every corner. <laughs> <laughs> the cronut has been there since the 1700s, all right? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't feel bad. I, I don't feel bad for a yeah, one bit. I'm like, no, you, you know what? You got had. You got had. Yeah. Like, good for you. There we go. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> too bad, so sad is what is what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I like. I am curious to see if because I I like I said I don't remember. I'm curious to see if they come up later on. I don't feel like this is the last we see of them or hear from them. I don't think so either, but uh, I don't. It, it was a, it was a very big twist on the situation that I thought yes. I did not see this going this way, and that's why I feel that way. I, I feel like they're probably gonna end up back in the show at some point, but but for I feel now like I was reveling. I was reveling in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the fuck you that just happened. That's no, I agree. I got it, man, too. Because I mean, we've. I think you and me both have had the same view from the beginning. Like, yeah, it's just too. It's too perfect, right? It's yeah. Everything is too perfect. So yep. yeah. Uh, so that kind of closes out their storyline. Yeah. Well, that would. Um, we'll go back to um, Angela and Jimmy in a little bit, but um, 
So we get to see Nucky is visiting Eli. Now, this is another huge kind of scene in this, okay? First yeah. off, we find out Nucky's dad's living with Eli. Yeah. Right? Uh, which is already a big deal. So Eli is kind of, in a way, Eli's being the big brother because he's taking care of his dad. Right. Okay. And also, I mean, this is the first time, and me coming in, we've said it before many times, I've this is my first watch of this, of this series, and... This is the first time I've seen Eli in two episodes. I mean, he got yeah. shot. That's the last I knew what was happening with Eli. And now, yeah. oh, shit, there he is. Thank you. There's there's Eli. What's what's going right. on with this guy? It's kind of good <laughs> to see him, right? <laughs> so it's definitely a big scene between Eli and his brother. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. And it's also just, in general, it's a big scene. Oh, yeah. So we see Eli and him are talking, and Nucky is talking about his fight with Margaret, and pretty much as admits he broke the big rule. He didn't deny that they killed Hans, Hans Schroeder. He didn't admit to it either, Right. but he definitely didn't deny it. Right. And Eli is... Yeah, he's not because I mean, Eli's the one that fucking killed him. <laughs> Eli, I like how you, it sounds kind of corny. He goes like, "My check one two Like he pulls up his fist, right? <laughs> but here's the thing: those fists have killed people. <laughs> yeah, right. Hence, those fists have <laughs> killed Hans Schroeder. Is this queer? Yeah. <laughs> and those fists killed Hans Schroeder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I can't believe that, like, Nucky, like, goes to him with that. And then Nucky's surprised that he's so pissed. And yeah. he, like, pretty much tells him. He's like, no, he's like, you're fucking us over. Like, this is big. Because if they lose that election, they're fucked. Yep. Like, that's all that it is. Like, hey, we lose this election, we're fucked. Thank you. Thank you so much, little brother. I'm going to prison because I killed some people. Um, <laughs> you didn't know about some stuff, so thank you. Like that's, I mean, that's really right. kind of how I put it in my notes. I don't know how else to really talk about it. I mean, unless you, I mean, give me your view on it. No, I mean it's definitely a again, a, like I've said before, this is just another piece of the rift between Nucky and his brother. I mean. They've always had tension, but now there's this serious risk of getting Eli in trouble. I mean, I think Eli understands his position that if anything actually comes out, he's the one that's going to take the blame. Like, it's all going to fall on Eli. So, understandably, Eli is super pissed that somebody else in this organization knows that Eli is the one that, you know, had something to do with uh, Hans Schroeder's murder. So, no, absolutely. It's it's just another piece to their to their separating um, and distrust between each other. Right. No, I agree. Uh, from there we go when we see Jimmy is talking with Jillian. And um, this is the one where they were talking about the money. And basically what's going to happen at this point, 
we kind of get an idea. It doesn't fully disclose anything, so we're gonna, I would imagine, find out more later. Right. We get the we get the finally the title of our episode, Paris Green. There's a rat poison, and I I should have looked something up on it, but I didn't. There's a rat poison called Paris Green, which is apparently arsenic, and uh, Jimmy found that in as he puts it at the bottom of the rubbish barrel. So, and he even tells her, I think it's something, I I don't remember the exact wording he uses, but it's something along the lines of, if I, basically it's, if I found out it was you doing this, I wouldn't blame you for it. Right. Right. And I mean, there's, that's really all that there is to that scene. Um, other than like, I mean, that's it. That's really all there is to that scene. But the most you can get out of it is. Jimmy basically suspects that his mom is the one that's been poisoning him or hiring somebody to poison him. Right. And he doesn't blame her one bit for it. Right. Right. And I, it's, it's odd that Jillian doesn't, she didn't even like deny it really. No, not at all. Like not even like a, Oh, what? Yeah. No, she was just, she, she puts her head down a little bit and that was like, I thought I would have thrown it away. Oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> no i agree uh from there we go and we see nucky's meeting with the other politicians uh they're in like his office and our base they're making some jokes and nucky just gets pissed i think that eli's words like stuck with him and he realizes they're over here making jokes because to them it's an election and that's it right right I mean, if they don't win the election, okay, what's the worst case scenario that happens out of these guys? They don't win the election. Oh, well, we don't make as much money as we were making. Right. Worst case scenario for Nucky, I lose this election, and what happens? I get he fucking loses. arrested yeah. for murder, right? Yeah, he loses everything. Everything. And not only that, Nucky cares about winning more than anything, okay? Right, right. So these other guys, they're, they, he does, they don't care like he does. And Nucky is pissed that they're just joking about it. Yeah. And that these are the people that he's put in charge, essentially, of his freedom. Right? Right. So he's having this meeting with them, and they're doing some jokes, and he's just, he gives a little speech about it, essentially like, look, if y'all aren't into this, then I'm going to fucking drop y'all, and I'll find somebody else. Right. Um, Did you have anything else on that one? No, just that it's a really you know, small scene. So I mean, yeah, it is. It's a very small scene, but um, the fact that it is election year and he doesn't feel like anyone else is taking it seriously, so he even comes out and says, "Like that, this is what the opposition is doing. They are winning. We need to change right. our strategy. We need to do something different than what we've been doing. We cannot just assume we're going to win anymore." So from there we go and we see Agent Michael Shannon and the deputy are having a meeting. The deputy puts in his transfer to go to uh, Detroit because Agent Shannon doesn't trust him. He even tells him, like, you don't trust me. You're making fun of my religion. You're constantly questioning me. And even during this talking, the entire time, Shannon is questioning him. Like, where'd you get those wingtips? Where'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Right. And. He even tells him, like, he, so he finally tells him, well, you know, what is it, what's the wording? I think he used this, like, um, let me show you, that, you know, I'm to be trusted. Right? And so. Right. They go out to the Baptist again, and 
at this point, I'm trying to figure out how to word this right. Because this is it. This is like kind of a, this is, to me, this is the big scene of the whole episode. They go out and they're with the Baptist and Michael Shannon's kind of doing his little retort talk with the minister, you know, right. like, um, I'm, 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 a, I'm with you. I turn my, uh, uh, what is it? I turn my, myself on God. And the minister says, you can't turn yourself to him because if once you turn, he's standing there right to your side anyways. Right. Right. And he asked him if he can baptize people because he's a believer and the minister says he's unorthodox, but I will allow it. Right. And the, the agent goes out there. Now, the scene starts out kind of funny because the agent like hands his boots, his shoes to the guy and it's like, those are new. Watch them. Right. Right. It's kind yeah, of funny. Right. It's like, oh, this. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, it's going to be a funny scene. It's going to be whatever. Maybe he's going to do something. The guy's going to admit to some stuff. And Michael Shannon, let's just go and be, Michael Shannon waterboards him and then fucking murders him. All right? <laughs> Spoil alert. That was my first thought. He's like, he is fucking waterboarding this guy right Only now. He didn't succeed in anything. He just murders a guy. In front of yeah. a church of people. Right? Yeah. I mean. In front of tons of people. And he even says, like, he's like, well, I need to baptize you because you're basically not of God. And he even says, he's like, accept God, accept God. Now, did he, my whole thing, though, did he murder him because the guy doesn't accept God? Or did he murder him because he thinks that the guy's double crossing him? I don't know. Either way, it's not right. You know? But that right. shows what kind of. I think it was both of those, both of those things. Which is just horrible, <laughs> right? Like, it's horrible that yeah. they're doing that. And now, <coughs> where this is going to get weird. Okay. So, what has Nucky Thompson been, what, quote unquote, guilty of, as far as we're concerned? Drinking alcohol, right? Bootlegging. Right. Smuggling in alcohol. Possibly right. murder. Nucky, as far as we know of, has Nucky ever physically murdered anybody? Yeah, he has not done it himself. He has not murdered. So where is Michael Shannon at in this? Because Michael Shannon has now drank alcohol, right? Right. He's had sex with somebody that's not his wife. And now right. he's murdered his partner. So yep. is Michael Shannon at this point any better than Ducky? No. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Legally, no. In his mind, he, for whatever reason, still has this this idea that he is doing he's doing God's work. He has there's no blame on him because he's doing what he has to do to answer to not even God, but the fucking Internal Revenue Service, like that's his Praise God. Jesus like, why else would you be doing all of this? Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's all I can think of is that I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares. I really don't. I think I. I mean, no, I think he cares, but I think he cares so little. He's just like it's. It's worth it in the long run. God, God had. 
you know, the Israelites murdered in this battle, he'll forgive this one death. Yeah. And not only that, yeah. it's a death of a quote-unquote un- unsaved Jew, right? Sinner! Yeah. <laughs> Sinners! Sinner. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're seeing a whole nother side that, like, this character's alone has been very fascinating to begin with. But now let's add in right. he's willing to kill one of his own partners without definitive proof. Right? He does not right. have definitive proof that this partner betrayed him, but yet he's willing to kill him. And so yeah. this brings a whole nother level, I feel like, to this character. Another spectrum or dimension or whatever you want to, you know, say to it, which I really like. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's very holier than yeah. and uh we'll take that to the extremes of of murdering people to get you know to the point where he is judging yeah. it seems like. And from there we finally go to um Nucky's uh back at the room and um he's at his hotel and he sees that the bracelet has been left on the uh counter. And this is what we talked about with the very first scene. It's the same emerald bracelet where that um, was originally on Margaret, and it got moved from her to Annabelle, the uh, f- fake hair girl. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the table, and basically Nucky knows, oh, shit. She left this. Oh, and, and Eddie's basically saying that he came by at one point, and he comes back. And, or not Eddie, I'm sorry. Uh, Richard is saying that he came by at one point. She told him to leave. And when he came back by, everything was gone. Except right. for that. That bracelet is still there. Right. Which he knows what that bracelet is. And right. at this point, Nucky knows, oh, I fucked up. Like, she's gone, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is over. This isn't a, hey, it's a little fight. This is a, oh, shit. And yeah. so uh, we see that the bracelet's gone and... Uh, he doesn't know where it's at, and that um, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, but we go and we see that from there to um, we should have put this in earlier, but it's on the podcast now, so we'll go about it live. <laughs> Angela's coming back home. It's late at night because it's the 1920s, so you don't have Uber, so everything takes takes forever. <laughs> she's coming back home, and she's back at the apartment with um, uh, uh, Tommy, and the right. note's gone from their bed, which means Jimmy's yeah. read it, right? And yeah. she doesn't know what's going on, and all of a sudden, Jimmy comes out of nowhere, and it's just like, I'm here. Like, like, here's Johnny. Nothing weird going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Totally normal lane. And he takes Tommy and is going in to take him to get to bed and starts talking about how when they're older, he's going to take him out. And you and your dad are going to do this. Now, how did you take that? Um, I... I took it more as just Jimmy trying to not make a situation for his son uh, of this whole mess. I mean, uh, and maybe that's not really what's happening, but I felt like he was trying to, 
create normalcy in the chaos that was happening right now right. for his son. Um, I think it was also for Jimmy. He was trying to act like nothing, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine right now. Whatever. We'll, we'll talk about this later. We'll talk, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine right now. Don't worry about it. So I, I feel like it was just him trying to cope is what that okay. was. I, in a way, I kind of took it like a threat. Like it was like a, Hey, your dad's here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Towards Angela. Like your dad's yeah. here. When you're older, yeah, we'll be I, I here. That. Maybe your mom will be. Yeah. Maybe she won't. Yeah. That's true. I, I totally That's see how I that. Could, I don't know. <laughs> like that was kind of how I, cause Jimmy's he's, he's not like a made man or anything like that, but he has right. connections. He is, yeah. He he could make that a possibility yes. for sure. So that's kind of <laughs> how I took it. I gotcha. And from there we go to the last scene, which is randomly enough. This was this was a strange last scene to me. Nucky's going to see the fortune teller, and we don't know why. We don't know why. Yeah. I I don't know what you took out of it. The fortune. The last time we see Nucky going to a fortune teller, he was going to see Jillian. So right. I, uh, right. I don't know what I don't, I don't know. I, and I know Jillian apparently goes to this fortune teller a lot. So I don't know. What, what did you what did right. you get out of that? I, I felt like um, that and it was a very short scene, but I felt like it was showing a lot about where Nucky is mentally okay. right now up until right now. And I mean, we're talking what, 12 episodes? No, 11 episodes. Um, Nucky has been completely in control of what was going to happen to him. He was, he is master of his own destiny. And now at this point with everything that's happening, he is questioning what's happening in his own life. He's wondering, like, he doesn't know what's coming next. So he goes into this fortune teller to find out what is going to happen next. He's, he, he doesn't know. So that's that. That's kind of what okay. I got from the situation is that he's just for so long he has been in control, but now he's not sure what to do. He's he's dug himself into this hole with presumably this this woman she care, that he cares about, and with the commodore right. and what he's going through with Jimmy with his situation with the quote war that right. he's in right now. I mean, there's a lot going on. And he's he's just not sure how this is going to turn out for okay. him. Okay, no, I like that. I didn't think about that. All right, that's a good way of looking at it. I didn't think about it that way. From there, we go. It, it shows the boardwalk, and um, it basically fades out to credits, and that's the end of this episode. Fucking yep. amazing ass episode, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a very good episode. I, so so much. much happening. And I'm sure that there's things that we missed and that there's things we glossed over that were probably important that other be <laughs> so much. Like, I mean, the episodes what the episode's under an hour and we're right at an hour and a half of even talking about it. So Yeah. The episode's huge. Right. It's it's a, there's a lot that goes on. Um and next week is only gonna be even more, I feel like. So I can't oh Oh next week's gonna Dude, be so, donk. We got we got special surprises lined up. We do. We got 
Speaking of special surprises, we've got a special uh, guest host that's coming on. Um, If it works out, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a shout out on his name because I'm like, I'm hoping everything goes as planned. But if possible, we're going to have, he was on on our special episode with the beer episode. We're hopefully going to be less drunk. (laughs) We we offer no promises. Impossible. Uh, we're gonna have Vic- it's the finale, bro. <laughs> the finale, <laughs> we're gonna be wasted. <laughs> uh, we're hoping to have uh, Victor on. Um, we he not hoping to. We are. We're gonna have Victor on. You literally cannot cancel now. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have Victor on from the um, uh, Digging Dexter podcast. He was also on with us for the uh, special beer episode. Victor is. I like the show. You like the show. Yeah. Victor is a fanatic for the show. Okay. Victor is a fanatic. And so for him to come on for this last uh, episode, for this, for the first season finale, I can't wait to hear some of his, his views on some stuff and here's his interpretation of the way that the episode goes about. So it'll nice. be fun. It's going to be fun. We're just hopefully we don't get too sloppy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there'll be no cheap beers. We'll I'm have excited, no, we'll have but, no keystones but... and uh, butt ice. <laughs> oh God! I no no. <laughs> oh God! I can't wait. So tune in with us next week whenever we have the season finale. It's going to be a big time, and until then, uh, write into us on. Facebook, we have our Facebook page, the Bootlegging uh, Boardwalk Empire Podcast. You can also write into us on Gmail at uh, bootlegging.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at bootleg.podcast and Twitter at bootleg.podcast on Twitter. So I'm really happy we have all of those. We've been getting more and more people writing in, which has been phenomenal. Nice. Um, and write in, let us know what y'all are thinking, because as we said last episode, you know, we're just doing this for fun. Like, this is literally all yeah. it is. Uh, we had some technical difficulties last week um, with the way that everything's been set up. I just, yeah. I dude, I just got my computer mailed off uh, today. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. So hopefully <laughs> we have the bootlegging computer back. <laughs> In time for Victor, because I don't know if this computer can handle more than two forms of recording at one time. (laughs) 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 But uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this. So write in, let us know what you all are thinking. And until then, do you have anything else, Chris? No, I don't think so. All right, awesome. It's been been good. Fantastic. So until then, we're going to talk to you all next week. We'll have a couple libations and join us next week. And we'll do a little bit of chin wagging. All right. I fucked with forces that her eyes can't see Now the darkness got a hold on me Holy darkness got a hold on me